Welcome to Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer, we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. I'm Arkita. I'm Jenny. And I'm Danielle. And this week, we're talking about good omens. Oh my god, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Danielle was supposed to say that. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, It's whatever. (laughs) So, did either of you read the book? I never did. (laughs) I thought you said you did. No. Well, I've not read the book either. (laughs) I did read the book, but it was a very long time ago. (laughs) Okay. It's okay. Whatever. David Tennant isn't in the book. (laughs) Right. You know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Wait, a good thing? I don't know. Either way, I'm sure the book was enjoyable, but it's also enjoyable to see his face on screen. Yes. Jenny, do you remember anything about the book? Not really. Um, (laughs) It's like, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember because... I feel like a lot of the humor did translate over, and I know that they did take a lot of the dialogue from the book, because mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman wanted to stay true the, to the book and to Terry Pratchett. Like, Crowley, Crowley dancing <laughs> on the head of a pin is such a weird and specific scene that that it must have come from the book. It's like <laughs> so ridiculous, but I love it. Yeah. Remember that scene? With yeah. his little mustache? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Let's talk about his terrible facial here and, like, here in general. You thought it was terrible? Yeah, most of the time you could tell it was a bad wig. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, his long hair is beautiful. <laughs> I liked wow. it. Actually, I liked it when it was really, like, long and luscious. That was yeah. kind of a good look. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And his, wow. like... Yeah, his Doctor that, Who. His look changed throughout the like centuries. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, but Zarephels never did. No, right. he stayed a sweet little muffin. <laughs> oh my god, he's so cute. His little white uh, suit. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, I love the change because it really it means that he's better at be- uh, deceiving and pre- pretending to. Yeah. Um, blend in. But it also means he's kind of into the fashion of each decade. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and in my mind, I feel like a demon more more would be because it requires like keeping up with the trends of what mm-hmm. the humans are doing and like, like you said, deceiving and blending in with them. Kind yep. of like a con man. He has to mm-hmm. look good to play the part. Mm-hmm. So. It goes with the whole like sauntering vaguely downward thing. Yeah. <laughs> also... <laughs> Also, yes. the way he saunters is the most ridiculous walk. It belongs yes. in the in the like the club of silly walks or whatever the fuck that thing is called from uh, Monthly Python. Was it? Do yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, but yeah, he walks so. It's so dumb, but I love it. It's such a funny walk. What about you, Jenny? I mean, not Jenny, Danielle. What are your favorite moments from I'm the series? Are your thoughts? <laughs> Had a long day, okay. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed so much of it. I, I really love the theme song. Right? It's really good. Yeah, I don't always love theme songs, but I really enjoyed it. And like, and the, the images in the theme song right, was yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah. 
they do a lot of good work with the imagery and like <laughs> I, I guess the way they translated or paraphrased the Bible and historical religious moments into this series. And this is, again, me not ever reading the book. I enjoyed watching it as someone who, like, had to go to Sunday school every day and hated every minute of it. Like, I got to to watch this and think, oh, wow, this is very fun. It seemed almost parody-ish of religion. Mm -hmm. It's blasphemous. It's blasphemous, (laughs) yes. I love that. I love, like, um, how, like, Crowley's, um, like, the bad things he was doing. We're like, well, I like uh, made this horrible like traffic jam. Yeah, like, but then he ends up getting stuck in it. <laughs> like, I'm sure it made a lot of people angry. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of genius in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it- I, I also love the hellhound. Obviously, yes, dog. 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 My 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 dogs did not like the hellhound. Really? No. You mean the big the big scary version? Neither version. Oh, oh. They don't like when any dog appears on screen. Oh wow. Oh. Or any animal. Mo- Mooney watches TV with us and like mm-hmm. waits for animals to come on screen to bark at them. That's funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved it. I loved like I guess the little they, I wouldn't even call them fights, but they would just like have these tiffs, funny tiffs, ones, yeah, yes. little tiffs. And the one that still cracks me up to this day is the one where Aziraphale is like, are you still a demon? And Crowley looks at him and is like, what do you think? I would be an aardvark. <laughs> okay. And it's like, well, like, yeah, he's still a demon, but uh, yes. that just sounds That's like something That's the opposite of said. a demon. That's correct. <laughs> yes. I love their love. I don't care. Like, I know some people think that they're, like, friends, but, like, and I, I don't know. I, I think the show, like, shows them, like, falling in love throughout, like, right. centuries. Cro- yes. I mean, I think Crowley falls in love with Aziraphale much faster. That's you know, that's a constant argument I see online. Who fell in love first and when they fell in love. And mm, Okay. <laughs> Maybe he's and- a demon, so he just knows how to, like... He just knows what he wants faster. <laughs> He's not repressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, they're constantly saving each other, especially Crowley saving a Seraphel from... In that, when he entered that church, hopping mm-hmm. from foot to foot, it was so funny, but also, like, oh my god, you entered a church just for me? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't, it, there's like so many like little things they they do. Like when he gets uh, when Aziraphale gets like uh, what, like the paintball stuff or whatever yes, on, yes. on his jacket, and then he's like, you know, stressed because he's gonna have to get rid of the jacket, and Crowley just like blows off paint, the, yeah. the paint. Yeah, but it was it was very symbolic because it's like if I do it, I would know the stain was always there because it would he would have to like miracle it away but like Crowley's like well if I do it you're not gonna have that little weight of guilt on your shoulders so of course I'd do it for you mm-hmm. sweet and when when Crowley asks him to run away with him yeah but he basically just like keeps asking him to live with him yeah <laughs> like, he does just, he just, like, repeatedly just, and then like the, at the end they kind of just like do does, they walk I'm, off into the I'm sunset I'm assuming that he that Seraphel moves in with Crow- Crowley and his plants. <laughs> and someone's nice to the plants. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, those plants. <laughs> um, I also love that like like Crowley is like obsessed with Queen. And like <laughs> if, if there's any argument for like if there's any argument for how like this is a love story. It's like when he's in the bookstore and it's burning down and he's freaking out trying to find a Xerophel and the, the Queen song switches from you're my best friend to find somebody to love. Yes. Yeah. Although you you know that like th- like what no matter what tape you put into the car, it's going to play Queen no matter what, right? <laughs> Wait, what? That's the gist. No matter, you could put a... Uh, uh, <laughs> you could what? put a a um I can't remember any other band in. Wasn't he playing Velvet Underground for like a second though? It was like somewhere towards the beginning. I think he was playing Velvet Underground and Azir fell locks in and he's like, oh, this is Bebop. And I, even I was like, that's not Bebop. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't remember, but I, at least in the book, if you put like a Miley Cyrus CD in, it would play Queen. What about My Chemical Romance? It will play Queen. <laughs> it's I'm, not yeah. the car for Jenny. That's okay. But yeah, that's but like that's why it's the soundtrack of pretty much the entire show. Well, because Well in okay, so in the book was that supposed to be like a punishment? Because that's not I don't, a punishment. No, I don't remember why it was that I love way. Queen. It was just how the car was. Yeah. It's a okay. demon car, so Yeah, it's a quirk that the car has, I guess. Okay. Yeah. It only plays um, the best singer of all time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say anything else about their love? <laughs> I will say one of the things I really enjoyed about this was it it was very refreshing and I think that's why it got so much traction when it came out and so many people were so recept- receptive to this show was that it showed two men, whether they are celestial or infernal (laughs) or whatever, having a very healthy relationship with each other, platonic or not. And very rarely do you get to see that in a lot of media. It's always guys fighting or guys at a bar drinking. It's like, they're just trying to have some wholesome fun and moderately annoy some humans. (laughs) I'm sure you could also see them as non-binary since they are... You know, they- yeah, they're not human. That's like how Neil Gaiman responded to if they are a couple or not, and made people pretty disappointed. Um, what? That like, oh, they can't like be in love with each other because they're celestial beings, and so they're like non-binary. And you, you can be non-binary and I still know, be in love I, with each yeah. other. Like you can. <laughs> it, it do- does this have to do with your genitals? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Also, there's there's romantic love and there's sexual love, and yep. they're right. definitely in romantic love. Um, but, and I'm I'm only saying that in case because I'm sure people who are non non-binary would like to see them as non-binary. Um, but that doesn't take away from their love, that's for sure. And I think that their the relationship, in addition to staying on Earth and being immersed in the culture, their relationship has allowed them to feel this love and also feel love for humanity and empathy and thinking about other people. So it's a very important love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, their love is why they don't want to just, like, they don't want heaven and hell to fight. Right. And while Crowley would be fine with running away with a Seraphel, but a Seraphel would not. So, you know what I mean? So, like, 
Yeah. Seraphel makes him a better person. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, Xerophil uh, makes Crowley a better person, but, like, I think it can also be argued that, like, Crowley helps Xerophil out a lot. Yeah, for sure. Because he's not, because he's just, like, he's not given, he's not given what he needs by the angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, there is, there are a lot of, like, fan theories online that say that Xerophil is on the autism spectrum, which I really love this uh, theory, and I think that there's like a lot of evidence on the show that supports it. Um, basically, like there's a lot of scenes where he's like stimming or like flapping his hands, mm-hmm. uh, which I love that. Like when he's around Crowley, like he feels free to flap his hands and everything like that, and to just like kind of be himself. Whereas when he's around the angels, he is like restraining them. He's like he's physically holding his hands behind his back so that right. they can't see them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just like I mean, like autism is obviously a spectrum, and not everyone who is autistic uh, has the same uh, traits. But a lot of the autistic community has vocalized that he is like representation for them. Um, and like some of the things that I have read are that like he's unintentionally insensitive and mis- and misinterprets social cues around Crowley, which like we see when like Crowley asks him to run away with him. And do you remember what his response was? No. What was it? That That's when he's just like, like there isn't an us like we're, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like he, like oh. he basically is just like, like he says no. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cro- like Crowley is very just like here I am offering every like my whole self like let's be together, and he's just like let like that can't happen because of like like these are the facts. Yeah. And like I don't think like he says a lot of things that like I do not think he realizes are hurting or hurtful to Crowley. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then he, he gets, like, a lot of, like, sensory overload. He has an inability to make decisions when the end isn't clear. Like, another reason why he can't just go off with Crowley. Mm-hmm. Um, there, <laughs> I've read, like, some fanfics. This is a total fanfic thing, but I think it's really cute that uh, Crowley wears glasses around Aziraphale to make it, like, easier for him uh, not to have to look into his snake eyes. Because Aziraphale has a hard time making eye contact. I think that's a that's a nice he- head cannon. Yeah, I think it's really cute. Um, yeah. He also has like same foods, the crepes and the sushi. So you're gonna have to explain what that is. Um, basically, if, uh, same foods or same fooding is a community word to describe the autistic trait of eating the same food over and over and over. So like he mm-hmm. he basically like, goes like through the French Revolution just to get crepes. Do you right. remember? Do you remember? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to remember I, if like, I remember that. I don't remember what he ate exactly. I remember he ate crepes and sushi, but I don't yes. remember if he ate anything else. No. Oh, really? I think he just it, really liked crepes. Okay. It was like those are things. <laughs> um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he also like. I mean, like I said, like the the reason why it was so important to him that Crowley like cleaned his jacket off for him is because like he has worn that same outfit mm-hmm. forever. Yep, quite a long time. And like. And like, and like having, um, like having, having the comfort of like having the same like hairstyle or outfit is a trait that some autistic people share. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's just like the, these little things that make sense as to why it tracks. 
for sure. I will also say this, is that I definitely, I don't know, this is totally headcanon in my head, and it could be in other people's head, is that this is like the purest form of a relationship between a Hufflepuff and a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. does nobody else see that? I absolutely That's, see That is it. perfect. That is correct. That's funny. Yeah, and like, Seraphil obviously tries very hard to be like the perfect angel that heavens, heavens, that heaven <laughs> wants. Um, but he's, because he is very human, I guess, he is very different from all the other angels. And they treat him very badly because of that. Yeah, I be- I, <laughs> I kind of view the angels as like autism speaks. Uh, what's that? They're bas- they're an organization that views themselves as like the ultimate like autistic awareness group, but most autistic people view them as a hate group because they do not actually like they they don't ask any autistic people like their opinions at all. They they run ads that don't like accurately portray autism. Um, they view autism as like a tragedy that there's no mm. hope, uh, and that like autistic people's life is eternal suffering. It's basically a group run by parents that right. shows that that like expresses sympathy and empathy towards the parents and like mm. people related to autistic people, as opposed to actually like really trying to hear from and understand autistic people. Right. Oh. So like that's why I say that like. So, like, something, something that, like, the group is, has been known in the past to do is, like, teaching, like, how to, like, mask the symptoms of autism. Right. Um, like, 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 holding back the hands, like, of someone mm, who right. is stimming. It's more about hiding the symptoms of autism rather than, like, accepting them. Yes. It's about, yeah. it's more about, it's like othering as opposed to, accepting it's othering it's trying to control those individuals that fall under that spectrum so they fit into society as opposed to as opposed to society learning to just accept them for them to fit into society without having to mold or change themselves to something that they're not right and or they can't really be. can't be yeah, yeah they can't be yeah a, a big thing that they believe in is um like the puzzle piece um, theory. Do you, do you know what this is at all, Jenny? No. <laughs> your face immediately looked like, confused. what is that? It's this thing that, like, Autism Speaks didn't invent it, but they made it, like, really, like, their symbol. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, the belief is, like, like, the mantra for it is, like, all, until all the pieces fit, or until the puzzle is complete, which basically translates to, like, until there's an answer, treatment, or cure for autism. So it basically Yikes. is saying that like autistic people are like missing something in their brains or like there's a reason why they're not functioning like and like they're just missing a piece of a puzzle. Oh. It, mm-hmm. And like this basically like basically all autistic people hate this theory. But it's something that makes it easy for like parents to like understand. It also in- infantilizes autistic people um right. who like a lot of the times like You'll see things that are like, oh, that person might look like an adult, but they're actually autistic. And it's like, Yikes. no, that's an autistic adult. Like, yep. you're... What? Yep. <laughs> like, uh, 
it's extremely uh, frustrating. And of course, like all the vaccine scares, oh. all the anti-vaxxers are inherently anti-autism. Yes. Because if they're afraid that vaccines cause autism and they don't want that, they say they think that autism is inherently very bad. Which has been disproven however many lo- years ago, at least a decade ago, and that guy lost his licenses and credits. So, yeah, where were the facts? It, so, Autism Speaks, it took them to, till, until 2017. I'll read the quote that they finally said, because it's actually, you know, saying vaccines don't cause autism, but it took them until 2017 to say, each family has a unique experience with an autism diagnosis, and for some, it corresponds with the timing of their child's vaccinations. At the same time, scientists scientists have conducted extensive research over the last two decades to determine whether there is any link between childhood vaccinations and autism. The results of this research is clear. Vaccines do not cause autism. So they finally said that. But the fact that they spent so much time and money researching and fear-mongering that, like, vaccines could cause autism, it, like... Also the way that they worded that at the beginning. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's such a fucking cop-out. It's such a (laughs) cop-out. Like, oh, you're, like, it corresponds with the time. No. Okay, we know what you actually... It's basically, like, because it became super trendy um, to hate anti-vaxxers. (laughs) like around that time so then they finally had to that's change their social media approach because wow like one of the reasons why i i say that the angels remind me of autism speaks is because is it um is it the archangel mike uh, michael or gabriel gabriel Gabriel. Gabriel. Okay. Is that the John yeah. Hamm character yeah john ham gabriel uh john ham is like the perfect image of autism speaks because he looks and sounds so good, but he actually stands for total bullshit. <laughs> like yep. they, like so, like they're like known for using like inclusive language, but actually like being very exclusive. So yeah, that's that's my spiel. Also, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna name this this article, which is on autistic women and non-binary network. It's by Amy uh, Sequenzia. And that's where um, I got um, some of my statistics that cool. I was just speaking about. Thank Basically. you for that. Thank you. Yes, and she is autistic. Please actually, like, you know, listen to autistic people. Right. Instead of people whose whose families are autistic. Autism Speaks, like, members have said on video in front of their autistic children that they would, like, rather drive off a bridge than like bring their child to school because they're like the so embarrassing. Yes, someone in the community killed their child, and the Autism Speaks community, instead of like demonizing that parent, sympathized with that parent because of how difficult autistic kids are to deal with. Wow. So that's like the, that. This is why the autistic community generally like refers to Autism Speaks as a hate group. Yeah, sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and Light It Up Blue is something that is like... Oh. Like, the reason why they used blue is because, like, their initial belief is that, like, men are the ones mainly diagnosed with autism. 
And what Light It Up Blue is? Oh, Light It Up Blue is um, uh, every like April 2nd is like National Autism Awareness Day. And Autism Speaks colors or color is blue for men. <laughs> That's dumb. Anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, but they basically, yeah, the angels basically like talk to Xerophel as if he's a moron. Right. They talk down to him constantly. Although mm-hmm. he is the one who has, like, the real-life experiences. Right. And they right. have none. Basically, like, they're trying to force Xerophel into, like, a very confined box. Like, what they need him to be, instead of mm-hmm. just allowing him to be what he actually is. Which is something that, like, people who don't preach autism acceptance are trying to do. They need him to be what they want him to be. For sure. What else? One of my favorite, like, tropes is supernatural uh or otherworldly beings becoming more human mm-hmm. um i like that in supernatural <laughs> um, <laughs> i knew you were gonna go there <laughs> who me um and i love it in this as well because as i went as we mentioned before like they gain like a compassion and a kindness that neither heaven or hell have and or it's very much a human thing um, and realizing that humanity is worth it, and it's all in all its fucked up, beautiful, terrible glory, and like that's the whole show, basically, right? That mm-hmm. like abs- absolute morality is not the way to go. Like, yeah. who was it? The first kid that they were with, um, Warlock. Warlock. Yes, <laughs> Warlock. What a name! <laughs> a name. What a dumb I'm naming name. my child Warlock. But you're right. There, he was. Um, Crowley was the nanny, and Aziraphale was the gardener, and they both were like whispering, like you know the 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 angel and the devil on your shoulder. He was essentially that, and that kid grew up pretty well adjusted. But then on the flip side, you had Adam. Mm-hmm. feel like those names should have been flipped yeah no shit <laughs> Just, Adam, I think that's the joke <laughs> who is literally the worst and he didn't what? have either of them I didn't what? like Adam what you didn't like Adam no Adam was totally fine until he was like you know went a little I was, bonkers I was about to say I don't like Warlock more he's like he's spoiled a, fucking yeah, rich he's little spoiled, spoiled boy. and whiny this is awkward <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. All of Adam's friends loved him because he was like, I. Oh, 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 oh! I know it. It's because you don't like Gryffindors. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm a Gryffindor rising. The self hate is real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no problem with Gryffindors. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you saying about Adam? Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. He just seems. Yeah, but I guess when he did start going bonkers, that's when I was like, dude, you needed like take right, it back a like, couple of notches. But it that was, was just like the, the way- influence of the powers, right? Yes. He grew up I mean, really like, normal before that. He's literally the son of Satan. Like he like he was fine before <laughs> that. You gotta give him a little credit, like <laughs> But I guess that's I, I wanted to ask if Adam would have grown up differently if Seraphel and Crowley had raised him. Do you think? I think so. Because I don't think so. Why? Why don't you think they so? they would have canceled each other out. No. They would have fucking confused the hell out of him. I'm I confused think, I don't know how Warlock was I'm not confused. constantly confused. <laughs> I you feel know what? like, would it have not, did it not cancel itself 
by by those same by that same theory, would it not have canceled itself out on Warlock? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> they were trying to cancel each other out. Yeah, right? yes, they were trying to cancel l- each other out, weren't they? They were yeah. trying to make sure it was like a whole neutral. But if but if just Crowley had raised um well I don't I don't even think Crowley's that bad. He I don't think he would have raised Adam that badly. But like um if just Crowley had raised Adam, who knows if he like no one is inherently good, right? They are just influenced by their surroundings. That's that's the nurture versus nature argument. Yeah. Which I also believe. So you do you agree with me? I'm inherently good. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I actually personally <laughs> think everyone is inherently good, but um I don't think everyone's inherently good. I think everyone's inherently good and they're but they're all products of their surroundings. Okay. Okay. So a lot of people so, end up not good. <laughs> isn't there a gene for serial killers though? No. There there's a gene for um, being a sociopath, it doesn't mean you'll end up turning into a serial killer. Okay, I got that completely wrong. Akita, you're on a mental health podcast. Don't stigmatize that shit. I'm sorry, I didn't. <laughs> well, and then there's there's sociopaths and there's psychopaths. Yeah, which I feel like in a hundred years that might even like change how we view. I bet in ten years those... that will change. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, um, okay. We could have. Uh, we could probably have a really long discussion. Oh, we about could definitely have a nature. really long one. Let's let's save it for a different, uh, <laughs> a different yeah. uh, fandom. But, Although this would have been a good one to do that for. <laughs> I mean, we can. We would have to basically do a lot of research, and and we didn't. So, oh well. <laughs> I don't think research is particularly conclusive about it. Otherwise, we would know, right? Right. But um But there's so many theories about AI and what's gonna happen when they can detect the gene and what happens to the people that are born or unborn with it. Never oh god. Mind. That we're going too deep. Um Black <laughs> Mirror We're going uh but going back to good omens and how in the end, like the villain is heaven and hell, which is just bureaucracy, right? Like these rules, these really outdated rules and um, this prophecy that, like, no one knows why it's happening other than that they're told to do it. So, and, like, I think a lot of TV shows and movies wrestle with the idea of whether humanity is worth saving, right? Yeah. Because there is so much evil in the world, but there's also so much good and People trying to fix things and joy and love and good food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we know where Jenny is looking for when the world ends. <laughs> ah, um, but like that's the question in a lot of apocalyptic movies and like media, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is the world worth saving? No. The thing is that. When it comes to movies and TV shows, I know why it's optimistic, because when children watch it, we don't want them to grow up with a pessimistic view. Right. You know? So, like, I would rather it be... And I like... Opti- obviously, I, I want the world to be saved. Right? Yes. Obviously. I want the world to uh, be saved, but I think that there should be mandatory, um, like, better education. 
than we currently have. <laughs> and then the world would be better. The world is saved, and being that this is a like religious uh, show, the world will be saved, and then religion will be taken out of all education. <laughs> I mean, here's and here's another thing. I think what Adam also wants to do is like start over. I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm cool with that. Honestly, there's a lot of merit to it because that we're our a lot of our prejudices and everything are steeped in history. Yes. And, like, if we got rid of that history and we started over, what would happen? You know what I mean? Well, that's, like, okay, so so that's kind of like saying, like, do we just not teach children history? Do we teach them, like, how fucked up everything is? Versus, like, so currently children children are just taught, like, whitewashed versions of history. Yep. Which is why, like, then they grow up to be ignorant-ass adults. But I think we do correct that. As we grow up in high school, no. and college, <laughs> no, in not. some places, okay, I was like, we learn a lot of people. Jenny, where did you grow stuff. up? New York City. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I feel like New York City is a lot different. But I've learned that in other schools, they do not teach the Holocaust. They do not teach about the Trail of Tears. They don't. They just like skim over slavery and talk about how it was a peaceful ending. Or, yikes. <laughs> they did. I mean, the most recent example of this is, like, how everyone is freaking out over Black Wall Street. Right. Because no one heard of it before. For sure, people need better to learn everything. And what, but what I'm talking about is, like, the actual, like, government and um, how it's been formed and all the mm-hmm. laws that have yes, been formed and definitely. how they are built upon each Ooh, I other. I like Anarchist Jenny. <laughs> Look, I have my days, okay? <laughs> I like it. I'm here for um, it. <laughs> but, like, I once had a talk, I was once talking to someone about institutionalized racism, and they were like, that's not what that means. And I was like, what? And I looked at it, I was like, I, f- I was fucking right. That's a thing. That was, the like, that's what it means. It's racism that has been built in to the laws and government, and, like, we, it's hard to remove, you know? There needs to be mandatory classes on this starting at a very young age. <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah. It's... I feel like what's so hard with being able to teach this is, one, making it a child appropriate, which I feel like there's so many ways to do that, but the that other part... That is not hard. Is No, that's why I'm like, there. there's so many ways to do that, but the, uh, the hard part is either getting the teachers or the board and the curriculum all on the same page and then also having to deal with the parents because people are always saying that racism dies when all the old people dies and i'm like that's not (laughs) true they continue teaching these lessons and it goes it's generational and i feel like one of the hard parts is i think i read this online a teacher was like talking about racism in class to like first graders and explaining it and parents were upset and it's like why should I feel white, white guilt when this happened this how, however many years ago? And it's like, you still benefit from this. So therefore, it helps to learn. And it's like, not only learn, but learn ways that you can do better and make it a better place for other people that don't look like you. Which is why in the end, I know I, I don't agree with you guys, but I'm just like, humanity's awful. Let's <sighs> just look, get rid of it. Like, honestly, the earth is just so, I'm like... Wow, aliens, when they come by our solar system, they lock their spaceship doors, because what the fuck? <laughs> That's fair. And, like, real quick, I just want to say, okay, to, like, 
The people who claim that it's difficult to teach children about race are white parents who don't want to deal with it. The reason why it's difficult to teach race in schools is because most teachers of these kids are white, so they don't understand it and don't want to and don't try to and aren't mandated to. And lastly, if black parents have to teach their children uh, to comply with everything a cop says so they don't get shot. I'm pretty sure that white parents can be okay just, like, learning how to respect, like, le- learning to teach their children how to respect, like, other black kids. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Pretty sure that's a I, much harder conversation. Yes. Anyway, Sarkita says fuck humanity. Um, yes. I can't blame you for saying fuck humanity. I can't blame you. <laughs> you know who else says fuck humanity? War, famine, pollution, death. Yeah, we got a little yeah, off topic, but it's, it's okay. It <laughs> did you like those characters, the horsemen? Yes. I thought I they really were really awesomely depicted, and I really mm-hmm. wanted to see people cosplaying them at Dragon Con, and I did You're not right, see any, so cool. and I was really disappointed. I should be pollution. Oh my god. No. Cool. <laughs> because I'm Asian. I know what you were saying. <laughs> okay, all right, so, all right, so who are Akita and I? <laughs> um, I thought it was really interesting how famine is like, uh, obviously it's a very common uh, criticism of high-end food that they give you barely yeah. anything to eat. <laughs> I thought that was really yes. cool. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. It's the modern famine in like certain worlds other in other places it's it's actually still famine but yes. <laughs> but but it's a very interesting take on it for sure i thought that was really cool definitely yeah and pollution is it wasn't always pollution it was pestilence or disease mm-hmm. or whatever so now pollution is very yeah that's very also real. correct yeah man climate deniers must have hated this show <laughs> Uh, fuck him. Um, I'd, I'd probably be war. I like to fight some shit. Break out some fights. Didn't you listen <laughs> to Jenny? You have to be feminine. Why? Because <laughs> you're black. <laughs> Why? Because I I took the Asian character and you took the black character. Obviously. I hate you. <laughs> but there's two white characters. Well, Don't death is cosplay. Oh, death me, okay? Wait, is death? Death? Death is like a, a skeleton, so... <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Death could be black. That is so funny. I'm sorry. Oh I'm sorry. Arkita, you can be war. I'll be pollution. It'll be okay. I mean famine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> war. I want to fuck some shit up, man. <laughs> That's what I want to do in life. Okay. Um, also, did, was pollution... Uh, uh, non-binary? I think so. I was trying to figure it out, and I was like, I I cannot tell. I think I they also cool. u- used they pronouns. Am I wrong? I don't remember. I think they did. Yeah. Pretty cool. What else? So, how did you feel about Anathema? I loved her. I, I, I thought- loved her! <laughs> you love witches. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I thought like, the, I, I loved, like, the whole, like, concept of, like, she has to like rigidly follow fate and then at the end she like throws away the book although to be honest i wouldn't throw away the book i'd be like no i want to i want to be rich forever it's hard 
<laughs> yeah, it's hard to be like to know that you could know the future, but also, but it uh, it's so it's hard. cool. That's like another. It's like yet another character in the story, like going against um their set destiny. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I I did like her. I just felt like they didn't do much with her. And they didn't really show her personality that well. Because she's a woman. So she wasn't written particularly <laughs> well, I don't think. And I I do not like the love interest that I forgot the name of. Oh, the guy that breaks computers? Yes. But it's also because I don't really like the actor. So What's that might wrong be why. With him? I just don't like him. I find him kind of obnoxious. Oh. Um, okay. But, like, you can like him if you want. I, I just like didn't. I, I don't. I don't know if it was problematic or if you, you just don't like his face. <laughs> okay. I know. I'm like, what's, what's wrong Damn, with Jenny. him? <laughs> I, I, he's a comedian and he's not, I don't find him particularly funny. Okay. Did anybody catch Nick Offerman? <laughs> he said this. When? What do you mean? He was the ambassador. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think ambassador when I think of him. Didn't have a mustache. That's true. That made him more ambassador-like, I guess. Yeah, so it was for uh, Athema, it was about like also loyalty to family and choosing your own destiny, which, or yeah, choosing your own fate, choosing your own destiny, um, deciding where what you want to do, and I'm sure everyone can, has feelings about that, and like going against what their family wants. Yeah. As we learned in our last episode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How we feel about me. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about was the ending where Aserafel and Crowley pretended to be each other, which, and like they went, they each went to their, the other person's heaven and hell. And I, I personally really liked that scene. And I actually would have liked it better if it was actually them, because that would have implied that there's a little, he- Mm-hmm. Demon in a seraphim and a little angel in Crowley. Yes. No. Oh, there is. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? I was like, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like, I thought that would have been a cooler ending personally. Because it was so badass when like. Aserafel walked into the fire and he's like, fuck, nothing can touch me. Yeah. Like, it was so cool. But then we realized it was them, and I thought that was cool too. But like, I think it was it would have been cooler if it was actually. Um, yeah, but I think it needed to make sense. I don't care that it doesn't. Ma- it's magic and angels and demons. Okay, I was gonna say I really liked it because it's like this is them giving their last fuck you to their respective worlds, and now in my head they're going to live happily ever after together. So they saved the world. Even though the book ends, I think they're thinking of doing a season two. Yeah, I could see that. Which I, I guess, but who knows? It's going to be, it's like Game of Thrones going off book, you know? It's really funny because, like, I've heard people say that, like, really the story would be almost exactly the same if you took Aziraphale and Crowley out of it. What? Like they didn't do shit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they literally canceled each other out. I mean, Yeah. Like, Crowley, like, delivers the baby, but, like, I guess a different devil could have just done that. Yeah. Well, I feel like you wouldn't have the exact same friendship 
the growth of that friendship and relationship if you took them out. Like, that would not exist. Yeah, no, well, yeah, because they just wouldn't be there. But I'm saying, like, the, but I'm saying this, like, the... The apocalypse. The apocalypse, apocalypse. Oh. would just be the same with or without them. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I like that they, um... I like that, uh, like, Adam basically has to, like... I don't know if it, like, like choose his adopted father, but... Kind of, but Right. Um... Because, like, a lot of times, um, media will, like, demonize, like, the adopted parents. Right. And it's like, well, yeah. his dad, like, is his actual dad. He raised him. Like, mm-hmm. his real dad is literally Satan. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so I was like, I, I like that, that it was like, he had to. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, did you like his friends and his, like, friend group? Yes. Man, the things he did to them were f- freaky. So fucked up. Yeah. Freaky. Yeah. Man, I can't believe they stuck with him after that. They must have had some faith in him. Yeah. Childhood friendship, man. It'll save the world, apparently. Too much faith in the white man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently it was just the right amount of faith in the right man. (laughs) Because otherwise, they definitely would have all died. (laughs) Right. Uh, Without without them, Adam would have went evil. Oh, absolutely. Do you have any other thoughts about Good Omens? Well, what were your favorite things that have come out of this series so far? Like cosplay? <laughs> like yeah. Oh, man, I saw some, some good amazing cosplays. Crowley cosplay at Dragon Con. Oh, mm-hmm. my god! This guy was walking around with a uh, spray bottle, and he was spray- <laughs> anytime he walked by plants, he would just spray them. Oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> and he looked so much like David Tennant. <laughs> I think we were dancing with yes, him. Yes, we were. <laughs> Not with him at the no, same we, dance. No, floor. we were dancing next to him, and he was dancing with his wife. And his wife was dressed was dressed as um as like a perfect. It was wild. It was like I love smart cosplays where people like are just like, well, I look exactly like this this actor, so I'll just dress like that. <laughs> at the same time, though, it's so Which is unfair so for black. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I have Storm, and that's it. Oh my god. <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh, I'll dress as pollution, because that's the only fucking accurate cosplay mm-hmm. I can do. You're, ri- you're right. You're right. That was a very white thing of me to say. I'm sorry. I apologize <laughs> for okay. me and my people. <laughs> I'm so sorry I didn't mean for it to go off that way. But literally, I can go no, out someplace dressed as Emma Frost, then it'd be like Storm, and I'm like, Storm doesn't wear this. It's Emma Frost. <laughs> fucking idiots. Uh, it's like when people dress as like um, people. I've seen a lot of Peter B. Parker mm-hmm. from Spider Verse. I'm like, you just put on a coat and like and a Spider Man <laughs> suit, and your hair kind of looks like is brown. Like you know what I mean? It's like uh, anyway. Any anyway, anything else about Good Omens? <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I love the fandom for Good Omens. I feel like yeah. at first it happened and everyone was like pissy because they were making it this like TV show. It was mostly from dudes, and I was like, of course <laughs> it is. But I feel as though the the fandom that's come out of this series is so wholesome and loving and accepting that I I like I'm like. I've like glommed myself on and like I know this stuff too, kind of. But I want to be part of it because everyone's so nice and happy. And like, it's because they made the show queer as hell. So that's yeah. true. you're right. <laughs> it's the only way this would have worked because there are some really toxic fandoms out there, and I'm. It's so refreshing to like this is. It's not a new fandom because it's been a while, but it's like been revived and it's so sweet and kind. And I like. 
I like that. Also, cosplays that have come out of this. Every female or non-binary like couple that I have seen cosplay Crowley and Aziraphale, I'm like, I have a crush on all of you. Yes. All of you. Yes. Anything else? No. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe, review, and rate us. It's the easiest way to help support our podcast. This week's review comes from Christine. I discovered this podcast through Little Pedal, a company <laughs> run by amazing... Wait, I put in amazing. Whatever. Amazing human being I greatly admire, and I oh, was not disappointed. Put in the word amazing. <laughs> uh, Sprinkle it in there. The connection between fandom and mental health is really important, and I'm glad it's being addressed by the amazing and talented <gasps> humans working on this podcast. If you want to chat with us about the episode, our social medias are Fandom and Wellness on Instagram, Fandom and Wellness on Facebook, and Fandom Wellness on Twitter. You can also find me at Classy Rebel Design, me at The Box of Shadows, and me at Little Petal, all on Instagram. And if you want bonus content, you can join our fandom family on patreon.com slash fandom and wellness for Patreon exclusive geek sessions. And we just posted some geek sessions about the trailers for Birds of Prey, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and Knives Out. And remember, be kind and take no shit. Hell yes! Yes!